It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! What is up, everybody? Happy Victory Monday, and welcome on into the Reflog Show right here on Big Play. I'm Nick Padone. Chris McNeil is next to me. Gabriella Cruz is also in studio and will be joining us later in the show. We're going to start the show off today with our featured interview. He is an NFL writer for USA Today. He also covers the Pittsburgh Steelers for SB Nation, none other than Jared Bailey. After that, we're going to do a, a victory Monday round of fill-in-the-blank, talk some more Browns. Then we're going to get into this week's games, this week's bets, all presented to you by Tipico Sportsbook. Use promo code REFLOG150 to get $150 of bonus bets on us when you deposit $50 plus that $30 dog pound bet. Let's kick this thing off with our featured interview this week. He is Jarrett Bailey. Alrighty, this featured interview is brought to you by Labatt. Jarrett, I know Steeler fans are really high on Kenny Pickett. That slat, stat line yesterday wasn't super great. How did he actually look? Obviously, the Browns are playing on that 1 o'clock slate, too. Chris and I were at the Browns game. What what happened with Kenny yesterday against the 49ers, bro? Well, you say, you say that, you know, Steelers fans are are high on, on Kenny Pickett. I think it's uh, a fan base divided because you've got, like, the fans who, like, you know, Kenny Pickett can take a dump on your desk and you try to defend it. Or you've got, you know, the the fans who are a little bit more level-headed like me who are saying okay yeah he's probably not all that great could he take a step forward sure didn't look at, did not look like that yesterday he was horrible uh he was not good and the box score makes it look better than what he is i think he threw for a decent amount of yards i'd have to pull up the entire stat sheet i don't have it in front of me but he was not good um and the first thing that steelers fans want to do is run and blame matt canada which is fair matt canada's not a good offensive coordinator Yesterday wasn't on Matt Canada. He can't throw it to guys. There's multiple instances where you look at both interceptions. They were bad decisions. Um, he threw two balls. Um, one on a third and eight where Deontay Johnson was open in the middle of the field. That one sailed on him. Then in the red zone, uh, Deontay Johnson runs a slant, has a step on the DB, and he throws it behind him. And Deontay Johnson, visibly upset, reasonably so. So. We can we can talk about Matt Canada being a horrible offensive coordinator. That is very true. But Kenny Pickett, arguably, like with 
expectations and everything taken into account, it, he was the most disappointing guy on the field yesterday, which Jeez. is worrisome for Steelers. Chris, you know what it reminds me of, man? What's that? Baker Mayfield. The Baker. I was going to say either Baker <laughs> or Johnny we, we, or numerous ex-Browns quarterbacks. We had the Baker bros. It, yeah. it was a big divide. It, it really he, sounds he very like, familiar. He looked like Morgan Wallen, Baker, May, May, Baker Mayfield, basically. <laughs> that's that's what it was. It wasn't good. So, Jared, the other thing that they did with Kenny Pickett yesterday was get after him. The Niners got him for yeah. five sacks. Uh, you know, you saw what the Browns did yesterday, a new line that we're really excited about defensively. What are you thinking is going to happen? What do you expect to happen when these two teams match up on Monday? Well, it could be a different tackle alignment for the Steelers because Chukza Korafor is in – Mike Tomlin said that he's probably going to be in concussion protocol. Uh, so we saw Dan Moore slide over to the right, and then rookie Broderick Jones came in. They didn't really rush him into the starting lineup, although from the reps that Dan Moore put up yesterday, they probably should because he was bad too. Um, Pickett was pressured on 46% of dropbacks yesterday. Not great, fourth, fourth most in the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, not great from the Steelers' offensive line. But you look at what they're going up against. I mean, Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa, one of the best defensive fronts in football. So you kind of give them a little bit of leeway there. But even without the pressure, man, like you look at Pickett's interceptions, he wasn't pressured on any of them. You look at the bad throws that he made, like the ones that I just, I just outlined. He wasn't really pressured on any of those throws. He had a third interception that was dropped by Fred Warner that he gifted to him. So it's – I will say this. I think that this is more a burn-the-tape type situation for the Steelers. Wow. Much Jeez. like it was, I think that teams just kind of have those games. Do I think that they are going to be that bad again this season? No. But my God, man, if any of that shows up next Monday night, they could be staring at 0-2. And yeah. especially when you got 95 on the other side, who's doing Euro steps across from the Bengals center, just saying, you're not going to stop me, and I'm just going to do what I want to do. That's horrifying, especially because Mason Cole didn't play well yesterday. And if they're moving Miles Garrett all over the defensive line, that's not good. So there is a lot that the Steelers need to fix. Offensive line it could look a little bit different because of, because of injury. But even when Pickett wasn't pressured yesterday, he wasn't good. So keeping that in mind that this is a burn-the-tape type of game, what do you expect? Do you expect a completely different Steelers team on Monday? Or do you think you're going to be burning another tape? I don't think they'll be burning another tape. I think Tomlin's too good a coach to, you know, have back-to-back performances like that. Um, and Steelers-Browns, I mean, in recent memory, we know what these games are going to be. They're going to be lower scoring. They're going to be more defensive uh, than – I don't think there's going to be a team that's going to put up 30 points in this game. I think it'll be a relatively low-scoring game, a little bit more of a slugfest. AFC North football, we, we know what that is. Um, Saw some of it so, yesterday. Saw a lot of it yesterday. Yeah. I, that's the thing, too, man. All four AFC North teams looked bad yesterday. There was like the Ravens won 25 to 9. Lamar Jackson had a QBR of 13. Like they did not look good. The, the Browns won. Yeah, but Deshaun Watson did not look good. So there, none of the AFC North teams. That, yeah, look, if you're a Steelers fan, I'm going to take this, exception that's... with one particular team in the AFC North. I think the Cleveland Browns, Browns, excluding Deshaun Watson, which is a huge exclusion, by the way, and I understand that, they look pretty good. Let me say this to caveat that. Yes, the defense looked very good, but let's look at the extreme parallels with the Bengals right now. 2022, Burrow took like no training camp reps because he was hurt, didn't play in the preseason, and the Bengals started off 0-2 and came out of the gates extremely slow. This year, Joe Burrow, no training camp reps, 
no preseason. The Bengals come off extremely sluggish and extremely slow. Last year, they were within a few plays of being in their second consecutive Super Bowl. I'm not worried about the Bengals. Deshaun Watson throwing a pass that looked like it was intended for Dax Hill. I'm worried about that <laughs> if I'm a Browns fan. There's the, guy, the wet blanket that I expected. The guy behind me at the stadium let out an audible, what the hell was that when Deshaun threw that pass? Because it really did look like it was going right to Dax Hill, and he claimed that it got tipped, did Deshaun post game. And that takes me into my next question for you, Jared. One of the bright spots for the Steelers yesterday, and I imagine this entire season is going to be TJ Watt, <laughs> three yeah. sacks. That's absolutely ridiculous. What do the Browns need to do to slow him down on Monday? Oh, yeah, not to mention Jack Conklin is out for the year with the torn ACL and MCL. It's going to be Dewan Jones, the rookie fifth-round pick out of The Ohio State University, getting the start opposite TJ Watt on Monday Night Football. I tell you what, I do like DeWan Jones. When uh, when I was down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, like he, you could not miss him. He's like nine feet tall. Yeah. He's a vending machine with feet. Like he is a ginormous <laughs> human being. And so I'm out vending faith, machine got, with feet. That is fantastic, by the way. Yeah, well he's, he's huge. And he, he was good at Ohio State. I'm surprised that he fell as low as he did. Uh, I had a, a day two grade on him. I thought he was going to go much earlier. So I like the pick for the Browns. I think it made sense. And now you know, obviously. Not the circumstances they would have liked to have seen for him to come in and probably not, you know, the ideal first pass rusher that he's going to face in TJ Watt. But I expect the Steelers to bring pressure. I mean, Watt was the only person on that defense worth a damn yesterday. We had three sacks, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a tackle for loss. He was TJ Watt. And we yeah. know that he's going to bring it every every game. Um, Cam Hayward left the game with injury. We'll see how he progresses throughout the week. Um, Mark Boley of the Athletic tweeted though that he was walking around looking fine, so that's a positive sign for Steelers fans. But if they, if Cam Hayward isn't on the line and they're able to just like pay more attention to TJ Watt, then that's going to put a lot more pressure on Alex Highsmith, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, to get to get the job done. So uh, we know that TJ Watt's going to be TJ Watt, and uh, if Dewan Jones, you know, kind of surprises some people, that's great. But the Steelers do have uh, a good front four when they're all healthy. I got to ask this for my fantasy team and for this matchup on Monday Night Football. <laughs> what do you think the status is going to be for Deontay Johnson? Yeah, the, so I, we haven't really heard much from it. I've been trying to refresh it in the past few hours just yeah. to see. It, lo it looked like a hamstring you know, from what he was grabbing and everything, uh, which is concerning because if Deontay Johnson doesn't go, there's your one receiver who can create natural separation. Like, yeah, George Pickens is a fun 50-50 ball guy. He's not that great of a route runner. So... We saw a little bit of glimpses from Calvin Austin, who used, you know, he had six catches yesterday, showed off that speed. Allen Robinson had five catches. It's good that they have a deep receiving room, but Deontay Johnson is by far their best one. And if he's not there, expect heavy doses of Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, trying to get the run game going. Um, but he, if he doesn't go, I'm, I'm much more worried uh, than I already am. So the Niners looked pretty good yesterday, and that's an understatement against you guys. We get them in week six. How do you think the Browns are going to match up against the Niners? I think a lot of it depends on the offense because you want to know how the Steelers did on their first five drives here. I'll, I'll read it off to you. Three and out, interception, three and out, three and out, three and out. And then... Oh, please do that again. That felt good. I've, um, I don't want to. <laughs> now, they, now they did get a touchdown right before halftime, but even then, like the 49ers weren't being aggressive. They weren't going to be beat over the top. So it was more of just, okay, dip and dunk, dip and dunk. With two minutes left in the first half, the 49ers were outgating the Steelers 200 yards to one. 
that that is how dominant the performance was. So if the Browns can do anything offensively, then I think they'll be it'll be a game. It won't be thirty to seven. It won't be twenty to nothing after five or after twenty five minutes of play. Um, again, this is going to be such a cop out answer. It's going to be the answer for a lot of questions about the Browns. What's yeah. Deshaun Watson going to do that game? Yeah. And if if he looks good, if they're able to now, the Browns have a much better run game than the Steelers. So if they're able to penetrate the the front seven of the 49ers and actually get a run game going, I like their chances a lot more. The Steelers couldn't do that. And they couldn't really try to do that because they got down so early. Um, but if yeah, the Browns can have some sort of balanced attack where Watson looks good, Nick Chubb's getting some yards, and they can establish long drives, then I like their chances a lot more. Last one before we get you out of here, Jared. Thanks so much for joining with us. Thanks so much for hanging on with us, too, at the beginning of the show with some of the technical of difficulties we were going through. We do a betting segment on here at the end of every show where we build a same-game parlay for the Browns. What are some of the weaknesses of the Steelers we should use to help our bet? It, could it could it be Kenny Pickett to throw an interception, at least one interception against the Browns secondary? Oh, that's good. Okay, I like this. Um, yeah, I mean, the Browns secondary... I pointed out, you know, I don't want to say an asterisk because of things, because I know that people take that the wrong way, but they look good. I mean, you hold the, the Bengals to 82 yards passing. That's that is certainly an accomplishment. Yeah, I think that taking the over, it's probably, you know, over half an interception for Kenny Pickett is probably a relatively safe bet. Um, if you wanted to go like anytime touchdown, maybe um, I think Amari Cooper, anytime touchdown is probably a decent bet. If you wanted to go anytime touchdown for any of the tight ends, whether it be Najoku or Bryant, uh, the Steelers seem to uh, always have trouble covering tight ends. Now I do like, oh, I like their that. inside I like linebacker that group. <laughs> I, like their, I like their linebacking group a lot this year, a lot more than I have in recent years. But even then, like yesterday, they couldn't cover anybody. They couldn't tackle anybody. It was aside from that. They Other were great. than that. <laughs> <laughs> I so, like that. I like so I would go in there. I, Kenny Pickett having an interception is probably a safe bet. Um, why can't I think of the um, Elijah Moore? That's who I was thinking of. It, oh, depending sure. on where they line him up, because um, I think Desmond King's going to start next week after the monstrosity that we saw from their secondary. <laughs> uh, he was inactive just because they acquired him a little bit late. They're getting him acquainted with everything. So depending on who is in at that extra BB spot and where they line up Elijah Moore more often than not, I think that he could be whatever his receiving yards total is bet the over. Nice. Wow. Interesting. Jared Bailey joining us on the show. Make sure to go follow him on Twitter X, whatever we call it these days at Jay Bailey. Thanks so much for joining us, man. It was a lot of fun. Tell everybody where they could go follow your work, read your work. It's at Jay Bailey NFL. At Jay Bailey NFL on Twitter slash X um, USA Today power rankings every Tuesday, quarterback rankings every Tuesday on SB nation behind the steel curtain. Uh, and then winners and losers every Tuesday as well for uh, USA Today. So Mondays are my my busy day to type all this stuff off. So appreciate y'all having me. Go follow all that stuff. And uh, hopefully, you know, for my sake, we'll be talking about uh, a Steelers win at this point next week. So I'll keep my fingers crossed. Just as a sneak peek, where do you have the Cleveland Browns in your rankings right now? Oh, where do I have the Browns? Here. Uh, I'll Look near the top, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. You would hope. <laughs> you would hope. No more so, wet blanket. So I took everything. Yeah, I took that wet blanket into consideration when I did this. So to lead off the season, they were 15th. I had them staying stagnant just because the offense did not do anything for me. So, so 15, right? Started a little bit better 15, than in the middle. And we're at 15 now. All right. We will follow those along all season. He's Jared Bailey. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Absolutely, guys. Take care. See ya. Well, 
we I think we got to look at how the the national media perceives that Browns win yesterday. Yeah, and I, it was a nice win, but the questions still stand about the quarterback position. Yeah, absolutely, and they're giving a lot of um, you know leeway for the Bengals in this situation. Looking back at their history, saying, "Hey, they've started slow before." Joe Burrow, when he isn't at camp, this is what happens with him. So we kind of expect that. And you know, to be fair, a lot of people from the national media were saying the Bengals were going to come in here and blow us out. Yeah, or certainly win. We were dogs at home in this game. Yeah. So for us to overcome that, at least we we made a lot of the doubters quiet but they're not that quiet because you can hear it coming through right there they're not sold on exactly what we're doing right now and we got the next 16 weeks to show them i guess well we also have gabriella cruz joining us on the desk cap what is up yesterday was so much fun um if you guys missed it we did a big play game day live stream live from burke lakefront airport out front (laughs) on the stage that was fun we built a stage for five hours on saturday you and cam were putting work in annual labor baby just so that we could tailgate in style and it paid off for us yesterday was a great day hey we were safe from the rain because we had little canopy action we didn't get too wet until i walked over to the stadium so it was it was a nice dry start to the day at least and it was a lot of fun at burke this is the first time i've ever been on the show with chris like yeah, and here we are. Meal. Let's do it. Nothing virtual cool. here, sitting <laughs> side by side, ready to go. All right, Boom. What do you say we talk some more Browns and hit that fill in the blank? All right. Let's fill in those blanks. The word I would use to describe the Browns' new defense this new looking defense is real I think everything that we saw yesterday was very real I like the improvements they've made up front as I was talking about you know going into that game you're looking at Zadarius Smith um, really complimenting Miles Garrett on the other side getting after uh, Joe Burrow as he did as both of those guys did and really the interior as well and then the cornerbacks we had question marks around them they performed it looks like through one game Jim Schwartz's wide nine looks pretty damn good yeah I was like beating the drum on the pregame show that Jim Schwartz was what I was watching you know going into this new season and my one takeaway from yesterday is I think it's time to investigate Joe Woods for what we saw last season because it's a lot of the same guys uh if you, you, you added a lot of beef up front but man did we see some of those players play their best football Nick. jeremiah wusu koromoa best game as a brown grant delpit best game as a brown the secondary was flying around guys were playing free and that's how we thought this defense was going to look all along it finally finds feels like we have the defensive coordinator that matches the talent of the players on the roster lets them play to their strengths and that's why we saw the browns defense dominate the way that we did i was it an eerie thing that we had Greg Williams on the show yesterday and talking about very in very specific detail why our defense is going to be so much more prepared under Jim Schwartz and how he's so separate because he's so special and what he yep. does. And he just laundry list like three bullet <laughs> points. He was hitting us with deep knowledge and he's and he had the utmost confidence in the defense. And then what did we see? It all came to fruition, all manifestation yeah. within a half hour after he he literally spoke what happened on the field shortly after. It was crazy. Greg Williams called it, and I, I guess that's what you get when you know 
know a guy, you know, they they work together there for a little bit early on and they're in each of their uh, respective careers as defensive coordinators. So they know each other really well. And boy, did Greg Williams give us a knowledge dump he on what to expect and he nailed it. I mean, Denzel Ward held Jamar Chase yeah. under 40 receiving yards again. Um, guys were just flying around, making plays, playing free, playing loose, playing physical. It was the first Browns game I've seen in years dare i say under stefanski where they were a physical football team it was really refreshing yeah, and especially in the secondary t higgins what he was eight targeted targets. eight times zero. how many catches zero how much tape did johnny manzel watch zero that's how many times t higgins caught the ball yesterday <laughs> yeah the the line was awesome 10 quarterback hits. They were after Joe Burrow, who was yeah. visibly distraught. I mean, he, they both quarterbacks were having a tough day. Yeah. Weather was weird. It wasn't really rain. Like, there were no physical drops. It was just wet in there. It was the weirdest yeah. experience I've ever had it in my like life. It was like a rainforest mist yeah. for, like, yeah. a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, and they would come in, in droves. Like, it would be, like, 20 minutes rainforest mist fine for like five minutes and then 20 minutes again it was the strangest thing you, you know thing. what cleveland brown stadium was yesterday it was if you go to a produce section every once in a while intermittently yeah, they, they have that they mist that comes down the yeah they set the mist on at cleveland brown stadium yesterday and it was the entire game and we were just soaked at the end of it yeah happy but soaked. yeah and burrow was rattled couldn't figure it out glove yeah. on glove off through the glove at one point i mean yeah. he he didn't know what to do I mean, Deshaun was, I mean, what do you think of him? Our next fill in the blank, Deshaun Watson looked blank yesterday. I'll call it for what it is. Deshaun Watson looked bad yesterday. Um, there were moments I thought using his legs where he looked really good. And I will give Deshaun all the credit in the world. That's a part of his game that's very underrated. Doesn't get talked enough about is his athleticism. Kevin Stefanski gave a beautiful play call where they had the three receivers bunched up to the right. I think Njoku was over there too. Deshaun pulled it down and ran it in himself. Deshaun said after the game, they literally just installed that play the day before. So that was a very new play that they executed to perfection. Deshaun was rumbling and uh, throwing the ball. It was an adventure. And you know what I kept going right. back to was when Jake Trotter was on this show saying that he had heard internally that the, the passing game, the drop back passing game was going to start slow to the season. The rain didn't help anything. That's I know true. for a fact that threw off Deshaun. He's used to playing in Georgia, you know, Clemson. Then he started his career in Houston. He hasn't played many weather games, period, as a kid, as an adult, as a professional. So it's a learning experience for him. Didn't look was, good yesterday. It was basically like an experiment, right? You have a control group, and that one in this case is Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, yep. you, you contrast what Deshaun Watson did versus Joe Burrow. And Deshaun Watson was not good. I mean, we all saw that. But at the same time, he was able to move the team. Yep. And a lot of that was Nick Chubb, but we were also throwing to Nick Chubb out of the yep. backfield. He was targeting different receivers. We saw a little bit of Njoku. Unfortunately, we saw another David Bell drop. Um, but he was he was doing, through that offense, he was able to move us, which was a lot better than what Joe Burrow was able to get out of that Bengals offense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I do give Deshaun credit for that. Um, you know, he was, he was moving them, and Burrow was not. How about Stefanski's play calling? What did we think of that? If we had to say that in a word, it was? The best I've ever seen. Seriously. I, he started the game, typical Stefanski fashion. It's raining. It's wet. There he is. No chub to be seen. Nobody in the backfield. He's throwing it all over the schoolyard. Deshaun looks bad. Three and out. Punts. 
the offense looked a mess. What did Stefanski do, though? He adjusted. We saw more Nick Chubb as the game progressed. We saw more screens. They got Njoku involved in the screen game. We saw Elijah Moore be used out of the backfield a little bit. Stefanski's play calling was the best I've ever seen because he actually made adjustments when what he started the game with didn't work. Yeah, and I'd agree. I'd say no notes. You know, I, I felt pretty good about his overall effort there. It, it seems like he's making progress. Yeah. I did see a little bit more of Jerome Ford than what I would have wanted to see. I know that you've got to save guys like Nick Chubb, and that's all part of the longer-term plan, both in that game and then throughout the season. But, you know, when Ford's putting the ball on the ground, that does yeah. concern me. I'd also like to see our tight ends get a little bit more involved. We did see Harrison. We did see Njoku a little bit. I'd like to see them in the mix. And, of course, the wide receivers as well um but it's a game like we said where the weather affected it big time you're getting chubb over 100 yards you're utilizing him out of the backfield kind of in some unique situations so you know like you said it was his best effort so far play calling yeah. you don't have people calling for his head today oh which Beautiful. we all expected if this didn't Beautiful. go well that's all we'd be talking about so big thumbs up for Kevin Stefanski and you know another thing that I really liked out of Stefanski this entire preseason him and Deshaun were both in lockstep saying that they weren't going to give too much away in the preseason they were they were going to stay very vanilla I'd go on record to argue they didn't give much away yesterday because after what they tried to do wasn't working throwing the ball it was just a healthy dose of Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, and Deshaun Watson on his legs. Like, they they still have a lot up their sleeves that they're going to unveil on, on nicer weather days, I think. And, and that's to his credit. Yeah. I think in the past he's tried to force things like yep. that. Like, all of a sudden you get really cute and do a double reverse or something yep. and end up just shooting yourself in the foot. So I'm glad he didn't give into that temptation yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Do Use it Monday. The weather, the so far early forecast in Pittsburgh for a week from today looks very good. I so. don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> I watched that opener every single day, Nick. I was up there with my kids, so I wanted to make sure that I could have them dressed perfectly for the day. Yep. I was telling them shorts t-shirts no worries i'm looking at this weather report it's supposed to be beautiful 75 degrees it's supposed to be a little bit overcast we're gonna have plenty of sun so no problem they were soaked in their seats going dad you may made a big mistake here so oh. i do not do not <laughs> trust those weather people i don't either it was a great day at the stadium, and we are going to get you guys ready for the week ahead. Boom, let's hit some big play bets presented by Tipico. Alrighty, you could bet with the show crew every day of the week. Uh, national NFL games, MLB games, of course, the Cleveland Browns, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Tipico lets you bet on all the biggest sporting events all year round. College football, NFL. We already hit our first big play boost of yes. the season when Nick Chubb went over 50 rushing yards. The Browns scored over 10 points. And of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the San Francisco 49ers. So download Tipico Sportsbook today. You hear us talking about it every week. When you use that promo code REFLOG150, you're going to get $150 of bonus bets on us plus a $30 dog pound bet to use on the Browns games. You got to download it to see what we're talking about. We're going to have more big play boosts for you coming this week. Download it and bet with us for Monday night. 
football. You got to be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's take a look at some of the bets this week. Let's just start off with it. The Browns open up as favorites, albeit a pick them. They're one and a half point favorites right now on Typico Sportsbook. In Pittsburgh against the Steelers, the over-under for that game set at 42 and a half. Let's make the bet. Do the Browns start off this season 2-0? and They have not done that since 1993. That's incredible. So I'm going to tell you two truths here. Two truths. One, well, one truth and one I think to be true. The first truth is this is the best Browns roster of your lifetime and probably your lifetime as well. Yep. The second truth true. is I also think it might be the best Browns roster of my lifetime as well. <laughs> I mean, I, and I'm serious. I'm going back to the Bernie days, right? Because back in those days, the Achilles heel was really the offensive line. We've got a good offensive line. Yep. RIP Jack Conklin from that game. Hopefully we can fill in um, there. But, you know, that was the Achilles heel of those teams. And the defense was very good back then. The defense is good right now. Quarterback play, Bernie Kosar. Now we've got Deshaun. We had some great backs in those days with Mac, with Metcalf. And it was all about running and defense. And I think this roster right now uh, can out-execute even that one back in my day. So I say it's the best Browns roster that I've seen in my lifetime. So yes, I say the Browns start out 2-0. And I'm going to go the same with you, Chris. I, I believe that the Browns start off 2-0. And the reasoning is, I think we undersold this Browns team, this Browns organization, the entire offseason. So much chatter of maybe they could go 10-7. and Maybe you could sneak in the last wild card spot at 9-8. and I think Kevin Stefanski, Deshaun Watson, certainly that defense, they heard that chat, and they want to go way higher than 10 and 7. They got their sets their sights set on 11 wins, 12 wins. You know, being a lock in those AFC playoffs, no ifs, ands and buts about it. So I agree. I think the Browns are motivated more than ever. The defense is playing with a swagger that we haven't seen in how long. Every player on the defense, I feel like logged on to Twitter yesterday right after the game and sent off yeah, the Cleveland is that. Cleveland. It's it's just a new swagger and it seems like guys care. If you and I I've been saying it if you start this season fast with some of the difficult opponents on this schedule and some of the ghosts on this schedule when the, the last time the Browns won in Pittsburgh in the regular season it's been a minute Oof. um you know it's playing Joe Burrow who was a play away from the Super Bowl last year that was a big win if you could go 2-0 and to start this season with that early bye week when you get to the middle of the schedule where there's some of those weak games you got the Cardinals you got the Broncos who don't look good you got the Seahawks who were bad yesterday. There's going to be some believers nationally in the Cleveland Browns. Keep things hot. You got to win again on Monday. Gab, what are your thoughts? Best, best roster of your lifetime? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, what do you guys think? I, it's it's crazy because I just feel like we're in the Twilight Zone or something. I can't believe we're having this show. I can't believe Chris is... <laughs> in studio. Look yeah, studio. Chris is in studio. Chris Victory is Monday. extremely... We're so hyped right now. I guess, yeah. I don't know. I'm... A long way from 0-16, right? Correct. We're not talking about those type of parades. We're talking about 
different types. We could of have parades. had a parade yesterday for, 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 <laughs> <that>. <laughs> for winning an opener at home. I'm surprised you didn't They're coordinate that was. on Twitter. When, we're, when we were there walking was. out of the stadium, it felt like a playoff win yesterday. I and I've only had that feeling a couple of times. Over an hour just trying to get down yeah. to the flats to meet some friends. <laughs> yeah. And it was deadlock. People, the cars. I've never seen downtown Cleveland like that yeah, before. Yeah, th- there, is, there is totally a buzz. And it feels for real this time, guys, because we've, we've had done this before, right? We're we're not very used to the whole winning week one thing, but we were very used to winning the off season and flashy additions like Odell Beckham Jr. And then just coming out completely flat in the opener. But that was not what we saw. We saw a team that looked pretty balanced. Obviously you want the passing game to look better. And I think it will with guys like Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, David Njoku, use him a little bit more up the seam. But that defense, I'm going to keep going back to. Yeah. You could have played that game in the rain. You could have played it dry. You could have played it on Mars. Our Guys were running around and they were hitting. Like, it was so much fun. It's, it's a team built in the image and likeness of the city. Yeah. Right? It's defense. It's running, running the, ball. the ball. That's what we love in Cleveland. And that's what we've got now. Yeah. No kidding. Let's look around the AFC North matchups on Sunday. Obviously, we'll have our Sundays free very early in the season with the Browns playing on Monday, but you better believe we're going to be watching and betting on these games too. The Ravens are plus three-point dogs at Cincinnati. The Bengals, Vegas still believes in them. They're favorites at home over under 45 and a half. Who are we taking in this game, Chris? I like the Bengals. I like them to avenge the loss today. I think a lot of what our guests said where, you know, Joe Burrow, he starts slow when he doesn't have a training camp underneath him. Now he's got at least one game under his belt. After signing that big contract, you know that's really got to chap him. A guy who's got that kind of pride, an Ohio guy from Athens, to come out here and lay an egg. Lay an egg in that first game. You know he wants to avenge that, and I think he, that's what's going to happen, and he's going to get that done at home against the Ravens. I agree. I, I like um, Baltimore in this game even to cover that three-point spot, obviously early in the week that they opened at. When you looked at the Ravens game yesterday, it was very similar to the Browns. Okay, you look at the final score, 25-9 to against C.J. Stroud in his debut and the Texans, who are just a bad football team. Lamar did not play great. He was 17-22 of throwing the ball, only 169 yards passing, one interception, only 38 yards on his leg. The, the receiving room did nothing. Odell Beckham Jr. with just the classic two yard two two catches for 37 yards yes like, that's a browns obj stat line if i've ever seen one at i don't know game that the ravens, film incoming from someone's dad i don't know that the ravens are going to be that good this year <laughs> i really don't i think i i think that there's so many other good teams in the afc i just i, I don't know i gotta see more from the ravens to believe that they're going to be good from what i've seen so far out of the afc north we're setting back football yeah, oh, yeah. you know we're going big 10 style right now but I, I i anticipate that changing over the course of the season but you're right it did start a little bit slow it will offenses are totally going to warm up gab are you are you all in locks up with us are we going Bengals? uh okay we're still on Bengals. sure Bengals um, ravens Bengals ravens what about a tie? <laughs> Can I interest anybody? I think in that's a tie, a tie right? It's hard for me I to would, want to rule. What, what kind of odds could we get if we just plop down some hard-earned money, money on, on, on a, a tie? tie. I like yeah. the idea of the Bengals starting 0 2, though. So I do too. I might, that is I cool. Might just She's taking the Ravens. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Devil's right. advocate. Now, who would you rather win in that game? Because it's a win win for Browns fans. Either the Bengals start 0 2, or Cleveland's the only undefeated team heading into Monday Night Football. I get what you're saying. 
I think I would rather have the Bengals win, right? Because we've proven now how many times that we just own the Bengals. You know, we have Joe Burrow's number. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I would rather have the Bengals win that game against Baltimore. Am I, am I flawed in that thinking? Nick, I just hope both teams don't have fun. That's all I care about. <laughs> Beat yeah. each other up out there. Other than that, yeah, yeah, I'd say Bengals. We already got their number once, and we've proven to have their number over the last couple of years. So what the hell? Hopefully my bets hit in that game is really all I care about. Let's take a look at Thursday night football, get some primetime action in here. The Vikings are plus seven and a half point dogs at Philadelphia. Over under for this one is 48 and a half. Vikings lost to Baker Mayfield's Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. in their opener yesterday. That was a surprise that I think a lot of people around the league did not see coming. Justin Jefferson did his thing, but outside of that, the Vikings did not look good. It was amazing. I was getting updates from my kids from the back seat on the way home about, hey, Dad, Baker Mayfield's back. I'm like, no, we just won. We just won today. We finally won an opener, and now I got to hear about Baker Mayfield on the way home. <laughs> I mean, that's killer. But, yeah, I, I like in this game, I like the Eagles at home. It's a tough place to play. Obviously, the Eagles are a good team. I know that's a big nut to cover there in seven, seven and a half. half. I think the Eagles go ahead and they cover that. Uh, they just barely snuck by New England yesterday, but nonetheless, I think they get it done. One of those home cooking things, just like I like with Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in lockstep with you there. I'm on the Eagles um, minus and Gab, seven and a half. You got a tie for us cover. on this one? I don't know. I know I'm with you on Eagles on this one. She's yeah, the, stay with yeah. us. They're just the better team, and yeah. I, and it looked like yesterday maybe a little seven bit of that Super Bowl hangover. It was a weird game against the Patriots, yeah. but they were able to close the show at the end. I can't um, wait to find out what one of those is like. Super Bowl hangover. Start the season a little weird. Uh, yeah, still get a win. Well, still get a, a Super Bowl hangover. Win. I would love to be able to use that as an excuse. <laughs> yeah, how about how how nice is it, Philly? All right, let's go talk some Buckeyes. Ohio State minus twenty-seven yeah. and a half versus Western Kentucky. Some action on the Buckeyes schedule. Bohm's giving me that grin over there. Are the yeah. Buckeyes going to finally cover a spread? They beat IU by 20, Youngstown State by 28. Could they beat Western Kentucky by 28 this Saturday? Wow, the Youngstown State wasn't a cover. It was, it was not a 30. cover. And I was in here. Dave and I have launched a new little betting show on the network. Yeah. Big play, big bets, big, big hats. hats. Right? And oh, yeah, uh yeah. <laughs> I was in here pounding the table for the Youngstown State Penguins. Surely enough, they got the job done and they covered it. And they had Trestle there wearing his vest with, with both, both logos. logos. That was a nice touch. Talk about I hope both teams have fun. <laughs> yeah, Western Kentucky. I love this part of the schedule where you get the chance to play, you know, either directional teams from Michigan or directional teams from Kentucky. That's always fun. It's 27 and a half is a big number. Let's go. I'm going to pull for the over. I'm going to pull for Ohio State to cover the spread in this game. I'd like to see another one where they take control kind of early. You know, I know they gave up the touchdown early in this game, but, you know, generally just don't make a whole lot of mistakes. Let's see the continued development of our quarterbacks and Kyle McCord. Let's see some 
confidence behind him. Let's see us using that receiving core. Let's see him go out to Marvin Harrison like we started to see in that game. You know, if you've got all these nice cars, you got to drive them a little bit. So <laughs> go Buckeyes. I think we're going to cover that spread and beat up on those Hilltoppers. Chris, what were your thoughts on McCord? Because obviously there were, you know, you go on Buckeye Twitter after a game. <laughs> Don't the, do that. The, the, the Boom knows, right? Pitch, I mean, Don't the, ever. The pitchforks were out, bro. And obviously this is really the last tune-up game, a, a directional Kentucky yeah. team, before arguably the biggest test on Ohio State's schedule Absolutely. in Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish coming up after this game. So I think Ohio State's offense needs to show me a lot in this matchup. I'm going to stay away from this game. This this 27.5 scares me both directions. I don't like it either way. I, I need to see anything, any sort of life downfield for Ohio State's well, Buckeyes. I saw a little bit because, of it. Come on now, Mr. Negativity. I don't know, man. I, I, Notre Dame looks good. Sam Hartman looks like the real deal, and and this needs to be a good tune-up for Ohio State if they want to have some believers going into that one. Are you already putting Ohio State on upset alert? I don't know, man. It's in Notre not, Dame. Not, not against Western They're Kentucky, right? Just to be clear. No, no, no. Not against Western no. Kentucky. They're going to win. They're going to win. They're Kentucky. just not going to cover. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the 27 and a half against Western Kentucky, but they're going to beat Western Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think they cover. You You don't have that much confidence in the team. What do you think here, Gab? I don't know. <laughs> tie. Here comes the, the tie. It's the weirdest Buckeyes season I feel like ever. I do like feel like ever. covering seems a little out of reach, but also I don't want to be a hater like that sitting next to Chris. Yeah, that's right. Go Bucks. O-H-I-O. <laughs> I'm an alum. The, the Bohm's an alum. Let's go. <laughs> Boom, do you think they'll cover? No, but I think they'll Okay. All right, Bohm says win big, win not big, but no cover. And man, Bohm has no covering. Oh, I Lord. Against Western Kentucky, it's not even a 30-point spread. We, our, our faith in Ohio State is dwindling here on the show. <laughs> even, even if it's, like, subtle and indirect, I feel the, I feel the faith in the room is just not yeah. very high outside of Chris. Well, what's kind of funny with the programs right now is you got Ohio State, you got the Browns, which are parallels. As soon as things don't go well right now for this season for either of those teams, we're going to be blaming the head coach, right? Yeah. And for a lot of the same yeah. reasons, it's going to come down to play calling. After that first game, everybody was already complaining about Ryan Day. Yeah. Nobody is complaining about Kevin Stefanski today, which is very refreshing, but that's what's going to end up happening. So I think he's got to have a big performance in this game, really give you some confidence going into that huge Notre Dame game and then into the conference schedule. So I think they get it done. Huge. All right, we'll see it. Let's go, Buckeyes. Make sure you download that Typico Sportsbook app, guys. When you do, use promo code REFLOG150. You're going to get $150 of bets on us to use on Saturday. Bet the Buckeyes. Bet some college football games. Bet Coach Prime and Dion. That's been a lot of fun to do. I have not lost a Colorado bet yet this season, so go download it. You're right. Knock on wood. And then you'll also get a $30 dog pound bet to use on our Big Play Boost, which we'll be announcing later in the week. Stay tuned next week. Big play reflog. We'll see you then. Peace. It's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world. The big play reflog.